She was fourteen years old and sure that if she shut her eyes tight and concentrated, she could see the stars through the roof. All around her, women were breathing. Regular, heavy nighttime breathing. One was snoring, and that was Auntie Sarah, who had been given a mattress beneath the open window. She closed her eyes and tried to breathe like the others. It was difficult to sleep, especially because everything around her was so new and different. The sounds of the night in the forest beyond the window in Erstgar were different. The people she knew from the meetings in the citadel and the summer camps were somehow not the same. She was not the same either. The face and body she saw in the mirror this summer were new, and her emotions, the strange hot and cold currents that flowed through her when the boys looked at her, or when one of them in particular looked at her, Robert. He was different this year too. She opened her eyes again and stared. She knew God had the power to do great things, even allow her to see the stars through the roof, if it was his wish. It had been a long and eventful day. The dry summer wind had whispered through the corn, and the leaves on the trees danced as if in a fever, causing the light to filter through to the visitors on the field. They had been listening to one of the Salvation Army cadets from the officer training school, talking about his work as a preacher on the Faroe Islands. He was good-looking and spoke with great sensitivity and passion, but she was preoccupied with shooing away a bumblebee that kept buzzing around her head, and by the time it moved off, the heat had made her drowsy. When the cadet finished, all faces were turned to the territorial commander, David Ekoff, who had been observing them with his smiling young eyes, which were actually over fifty years old. He saluted in the Salvation Army manner, with his right hand raised above his shoulder and pointing to the kingdom of heaven, amid a resounding shout of Hallelujah. Then he prayed for the cadet's work with the poor and the pariahs to be blessed, and reminded them of the Gospel of Matthew, where it said that Jesus, the Redeemer, was among them, a stranger on the street, maybe a criminal, without food and without clothing, and that on Judgment Day the righteous, those who had helped the weakest, would have eternal life. It had all the makings of a long speech, but then someone whispered something, and he said with a smile that Uthar was next on the program, and today it was Rickard Nilsson's turn. She had heard Rickard make his voice deeper than it was to thank the commander. As usual, he had prepared what he was going to say in writing and memorized it. He stood up and recited how he was going to devote his life to the fight, to Jesus' fight for the kingdom of God. His voice was nervous, yet monotonous and soporific. His introverted glower rested on her. Her eyes were heavy. His sweaty top lip was moving to form the familiar, secure, tedious phrases. So she didn't react when the hand touched her back, not until it became fingertips and they wandered down to the small of her back and lower and made her freeze beneath her thin summer dress. She turned and looked into Robert's smiling brown eyes, and she wished her skin were as dark as his so that he would not be able to see her blush. Shh, John had said. Robert and John were brothers, although John was one year older. Many people had taken them for twins when they were younger. But Robert was seventeen now, and while they had retained some facial similarities, the differences were clearer. Robert was happy and carefree, liked to tease, and was good at playing the guitar, but was not always punctual for services in the Citadel, and sometimes the teasing had a tendency to go too far, especially if he noticed others were laughing. Then John would often step in. 
John was an honest, conscientious boy, who most thought would go to officer training school and would, though this was never formulated out loud, find himself a girl in the army. The latter could not be taken for granted in Robert's case. John was three-quarters of an inch taller than Robert, but in some strange way Robert seemed taller. From the age of twelve, John had begun to stoop, as though he were carrying the woes of the world on his back. Both were dark-skinned, good-looking, with regular features. But Robert had something John did not have. There was something in his eyes, something black and playful, which she wanted and yet did not want to investigate further. While Rickart was talking, her eyes were wandering across the sea of assembled familiar faces. One day she would marry a boy from the Salvation Army, and perhaps they would both be posted to another town or another part of the country. But they would always return to Erstgor, which the army had just bought, and was to be their summer site from now on.